Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's, it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neuenschwander. Anthony Neuenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, uh, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but, uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will as well. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds on promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to New York. This is is the the Devil's State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Woo! 
What is going on, Devils fans? It is, again, your host, the boy, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another exciting edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place, as always, to get the most up-to-date news, topics, discussions, interviews, so much more about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I hope you're having a super day. Any positives you want to include in your day, I hope you're having on the day you're listening to this episode. Thank you, as always, for taking time out of your busy schedule. And I, we, we certainly have busier schedules now than we did even just a couple of months ago. You know, taking some time to listen to this podcast, I really do appreciate it, guys. It means so much to me. You guys are the big reason that we keep coming out with just really good content. And I have this energy because without you guys, this podcast wouldn't be anywhere near it is today. We have some things to discuss, as we normally do here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. We're going to talk about a couple of rumors, nothing major at the moment, not like kind of like the last episode we did, but some rumors just to keep in mind. And then we're going to continue on with our potential trade targets. We've already done the first four teams. We're doing an alphabetical order. So today we are going to be doing the Calgary Flames and the Carolina Hurricanes. And particularly with the Carolina Hurricanes, I will be very honest with you. It was pretty tough considering that the majority of their players are either UFAs or RFAs. So, I mean, it's still possible that they could trade for some guys, you know, do signs and trades. But if they do that, it might make it a little bit more difficult for the Devils to be so keen on trading with them. But I was still able to find at least one particular player that I think the Devils could value and maybe potentially go after. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But we have a bunch to talk about today. So as I always say at the beginning of every episode, Let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we're going to start with three different rumors that we've gotten since the last episode. I try my best to get as much up-to-the-date rumors as possible, uh, especially on the day that I'm recording this. I usually try to record this on Sunday. I'm recording this on Sunday, June 20th, Father's Day. So happy Father's Day out there to all the Devil's Fathers out there, the hockey fathers, and just fathers in general because... Without you guys, you know, a lot of us would not be half the people that we are today. So make sure you take some time to say happy Father's Day to your dad. And even if you don't have a father, just know that there are people out there that really care about you and support you and will do everything possible to make sure that you have the best life that you possibly can be. And you have the devil's state of mind support, my support, and everybody at the Hockey Podcast support 100%. So. Let's jump into these rumors. Let's start with the first one. Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet, obviously a very, very respected and, and very reliable guy. He said that when talking about Dougie Hamilton, another team that made sense to him was the New Jersey Devils. Now, when you look at this, this is kind of a no-brainer, really. I mean, Dougie Hamilton is pretty much either entering or right beginning of the prime of his career. He is going to be probably one of the most highest paid defensemen in the National Hockey League. There is speculation that he may sign with the Seattle Kraken and become maybe their star player, their big marketable player. Now, this past week, the Carolina Hurricanes gave Dougie Hamilton permission to discuss contracts with other teams. Now, the reason they gave him permission is because I believe the way the Hurricanes want to do it, if they can't keep Dougie Hamilton, is to do some form of a sign and trade so they can get some amount of value for him. And there's nothing wrong with that because then it works out for both the player and it works out 
for the Hurricanes as well. When it comes to the New Jersey Devils, here's the thing. If the Devils are going to make a trade, right, and if they're going to do a sign and trade, particularly to get a big-name free agent like Dougie Hamilton, they're pretty much going to have to give up at least two picks and probably one of their top-tier prospects. Now, we know that Tom Fitzgerald is more keen on trading prospects than he is picks, but I'm sure he's not afraid to trade picks either if he gets the right deal. Knowing the way Tom Fitzgerald operates, he doesn't try to make a move just for the sake of making a move. He tries to make a move that he knows is going to be a massive improvement to the team and helping them move to the next step. I think it's safe to say, when you look at the Devils right now and you look at where they are when it comes to their quote-unquote rebuild, I think this upcoming season should be that year where the Devils really start to try to compete for playoff you know, positioning, to get into the playoffs. And bringing in a guy like Dougie Hamilton would help solidify to an extent our defensive core. We are clearly lacking on the right side of the defense. Connor Carrick at the moment is an unrestricted free agent. I think there is a good chance that he may not be back next year, but we shall see about that. But they do need help on that right side. And getting a guy like Dougie Hamilton, he'd be our number one defenseman right away. He'd be a catalyst for our power play, our catalyst for a penalty kill. He would just be that franchise defenseman pairing with probably Ty Smith down the road that we're looking for. Now, there's always the questions of this. Are the Devils going to offer what Dougie Hamilton is asking for? What is his agent asking for? We don't really know. I'm going to take a guess and say it's going to be between 9 and $10 million. And there only is a couple of teams in the NHL that can really afford Dougie Hamilton. And if Dougie Hamilton is more concerned about getting paid at this point in his career, then obviously the Devils would be one of the good spots for him because the Devils could give him that quote-unquote max contract. If you're an NBA fan, you kind of know what I mean. But basically, a very, very high and very hefty NHL deal. Now, the reason why I brought up Seattle is because Seattle doesn't necessarily at the moment have to worry about salary cap because for one, they don't have any players. And two, they are going to probably have a considerable amount of room anyway to make moves. And they're going to make moves even after selecting players because there's going to be teams trying to prevent Seattle from taking one of the one of the specific player from the expansion draft and adding a draft pick or things like that. So that's something to keep in mind. When it comes to Dougie Hamilton and, and the decision at the end of the day as to where he's going to end up, I don't really see it being something that's going to happen within the next couple of weeks. I expect it to happen more or less after the draft. You know, once we get a little bit closer to the start of free agency, I don't really see how, you know, he would make a decision this early in the process. I think he's going to do everything he can to listen to everybody, get all the offers out there, and then kind of go from there. And if, if indeed the Hurricanes decide they want to try to do a sign and trade, then they obviously have to discuss with the other team that's being involved as to what they can do. And for Tom Fitzgerald, he may not be so keen on doing that if, the, if what the Hurricanes are asking for is too much for Tom Fitzgerald. But we know Devils fans, like we know how frustrating it's been that this team has had so much cast space the last couple of years. And really to, at least to our liking, they have not been able to, they've, not necessarily they haven't been able to, but they have chosen not to spend big time money. Like we haven't seen that yet. The, the biggest amount of money that we've given to a player was the contract extension for Nico Kishir two seasons ago. After that, I mean, we don't really count PK Subban because we didn't give him that contract. We just took it on after we traded for him from Nashville a couple of years ago. So obviously the Devils have just not been big spenders. Um, 
we all do agree that this has to be that year where we do have to spend a decent amount. And I've mentioned it several times before, we're $17 million under the cap. Like we legally cannot be that much under the cap. We have to get to at least the cap floor. So we do have to spend money. Uh, but fortunately for the Devils in maybe one way or another, if they're not keen on spending a whole lot, they can use that money to, you know, give it contract extensions, maybe to somebody like Jack Hughes or some, some other guys, some RFAs, um, you know, they can do a couple of things where they could do trades. Who knows? Um, a lot of people that I've spoken to seem to believe that the Devils will be one of the more active teams in the, you know, just in the off season in general, when it comes to drafting free agency, probably trades, because again, Considering that we have the second most cap space behind the Detroit Red Wings, um, we are going to be able to have a lot of flexibility to take advantage of some teams that are struggling with their cap situation. And particularly, again, because the cap is going to be flat for the next three, four, maybe even five years, you know, it's something to keep in mind. And it's clearly something that the Devils are going to be trying to keep their eye on moving forward and trying to see what type of things they can exploit it take advantage of to get some really, really talented players in here, some impact players, because lacking it. But bottom line with Dougie Hamilton is this. How would I, do I think the Devils should go after Dougie Hamilton, number one? Absolutely. Considering what he can bring to the table and considering everything that, that he is, absolutely. Now, if if the asking price in a sign and trade is way too, way too much, then I understand, you know, Fitzgerald, because he has a plan and I trust it 100%. I do. But, I mean, you know, we still have to try to make moves and be aggressive here. And clearly the Devils are looking to try to upgrade the defense, particularly on the right side. That's where the Rasmus Ristolainen rumor in, in the last episode, if you heard it, that's where that came up. They're trying to figure that out. They're trying to figure out what they can do here. And Ristolainen, at least at the moment, is a little bit cheaper of an option, but obviously he's going to be a free agent at the end of this upcoming year. So the Devils will have to figure it out from there. But with Dougie Hamilton, we would sign him to, I mean, if you want to be honest, to seven, eight, year contract worth nine, $10 million, maybe even 11 if we're pushing it. And we're one of the few teams that can offer that. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. But again, it makes a lot of sense considering, you know, need and, you know, financially. And, you know, the only thing that maybe is not as exciting is just primarily because the Devils are still not even a playoff contending team right now. And we're trying to build something here. But maybe Dougie Hamilton, especially if he gets the money he wants, maybe he wants, maybe he will come to New Jersey and help us out. Who knows? But it's something to keep in mind. Now, the next rumor that came up, it didn't directly involve the Devils, but it involves a player that we had talked about before, and that's Rasmus Ristolainen. Again, right shooting defenseman, this time for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, NRD Rumors on Twitter, great guy, does a tremendous job when it comes to basically just giving you guys up-to-the-minute rumors and information. Very, very reliable source, 100%. Go follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Uh, he said when someone asked him about the asking price for Rasmus Ristolainen, he said it would likely be something like a second, maybe a third, that he doesn't expect anybody to have to break the bank to get him because Ristolainen is clearly frustrated because in his entire career with Buffalo, they've, they've never made the playoffs and quite frankly, haven't gotten close. He's mentioned it before Ristolainen, how tired he is of not being in the playoffs. He's never even made it in his career. And it's a very frustrating thing for him. Now, we talked about it in the last episode, and I'll reiterate it here. The Devils are not that much further along than Buffalo. I mean, if it wasn't for Buffalo, we would have finished in dead last in the East Division this year. I mean, we really struggled. We we finished with the fourth, you know, or basically the third least amount of points in the NHL this year, 
you know, obviously behind Anaheim and the Buffalo Sabres. But look, if Tom Fitzgerald wants to go, I guess you would say just obviously a cheaper option and kind of go from there. I mean, that that's, you know, that, that could be a move. And again, if we're only giving up a second and a third, you know, and maybe a mid-tier prospect, I don't see why any Devils fan would have an issue with that. I understand analytically speaking, he's not one of the best defensemen we've ever seen. And obviously people want to be critical of how he played last year, even though he had COVID and nearly thought he was going to die. And he had just a very difficult year health-wise and everything like that. I still think Ristolainen is a very, very talented defenseman. And maybe a change of scenery, like coming to New Jersey, would be good for him. He would be one of the leaders on the team. He's, he has a lot of experience. Obviously, it's you know difficult considering that it was losing. But he would be coming to an organization that's a little bit further along in their development and trying to take the next step. And if the Devils feel comfortable enough where they feel like this is going to be that year where we really try to compete for a playoffs and considering what Tom Fitzgerald said, you know, at his end of the year press conference saying that he wants this team to have meaningful games in April, May, then obviously this makes sense. Maybe we're still in it feels, you know, confident in this Devils team and go from there. We'll see. Again, if the Devils are going to make a move for Erasmus for Stalina, I can't see how this will be a, a, before draft trade, I think we're not going to see any major moves from anybody when it comes to trades or, or anything like that until at least after the expansion draft. Because I think teams want to see where they are, who did they lose, and, and what, what situation they're in. And that includes the Devils themselves. So it's something to keep in mind moving forward. But I think considering that the Devils, they're not the only team, but considering the Devils are the only team that has been mentioned by name that has interest, I think that there is a lot of substance to that. And a lot of people that I've talked to all believe that I think the Devils are really going to try their best to, to probably bring in a guy like Ristolainen or certainly try to bring in a top-tier right-shooting defenseman. I think it's something to keep in mind. Now, the last rumor that I saw was from NHLRumors.com. They said that the Devils maybe are interested in Shane Gostas Fair plus a sweetener, which I assume is, has to be some sort of pick. Um, Shane Gostisbehere got put on waivers in the middle of last season. And I remember a lot of us Devils fans were begging Tom Fitzgerald to claim him off waivers. Now, maybe because of what the Devils would have had to give up, you know, for him because they claim off waivers, maybe they didn't want to do it. Maybe they just didn't want to make the move because they wanted to play out the rest of the year with the young players. Who knows? But Shane Gostisbehere, even though he had a down year in Philadelphia, despite the fact he was probably their best offensive defenseman, particularly on the power play, it might be an opportunity. Now, it's going to be difficult because you're trading within the division, and maybe the Philadelphia Flyers don't want to do that. I don't know what exactly the Flyers' plan is moving forward, um, so I can't really speak for that. But I would say this. If the Devils are interested in Shane Gostisbehere, um, I don't think getting Gostisbehere – I agree that I don't think getting Gostisbehere straight up is necessarily good. I think you would have to get something else out of it. I don't know what that is. I really don't. And as far as what the Devils would have to give up, I mean, I don't know what the value is. That's the difficult thing. And probably when we get to the Flyers uh, later later on this year when it comes to trade targets, unless we already make a move for him, uh, we'll discuss that a little bit more. But, you know, it's something to keep in mind. Again, and this is all defensemen. Dougie Hamilton, Rasmus Ristolainen, Shane Gossesbear, all defensemen. That is definitely one of the main focuses for Tom Fitzgerald this offseason, to better our defense from a veteran perspective and to try to get us moving forward and taking that next step with making our defense 
you know, where it needs to be. And I use a good example of the New York Islanders. You go back four or five years ago, their defense was very similar to where we are right now. Putrid, to say the least. Really, really not that good. Their system was not was just not where it needed to be. Fast forward to this year, they're two games away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals. And their defense has been rock solid. And their goaltending, rock solid. And if the Devils can try to follow a similar formula, that's something to keep. That, that would be good. Because, look, the foundation of the Devils' championship years of 95, 2000, 2003 was based on their defense. Based on, you know, the two Scots. You had Ken Danico. You had some other great defenders, and you had the greatest goaltender to ever play the position in Martin Brodeur. I mean, you had an elite defense, and we hope to get maybe not necessarily an elite defense, even though we would certainly take it. We would like to get back to being a very, very good, very solid defensive team, very good structure, and making it very hard for for teams to really beat us offense, you know, you know, offensively. So all this just comes down to these are all rumors. There is no concrete to any of this. But if these rumors are are true, it at least shows that the Devils are trying to make moves. And again, we have a lot of time. We still have the expansion draft. We still have the the entry, the NHL draft, the regular NHL entry draft. And then we have free agency and the time period to make trades before even next season begins. And again, we're about, honestly, about three months or so away from probably the start of training camp. A lot's going to change. And like we and like we talked about before, once we get to July, it's when things are going to really pick up. Because again, with the expansion draft, NHL draft, and all that stuff, a lot of teams, including the Devils, are going to be active when it comes to getting talent. So let's just, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Take it as ever you want. But these are just rumors. And let's see what happens moving forward. So now we're going to shift to the second half of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. We are going to be continuing on with our potential trade targets. So again, just to reiterate, we're going to go through all the teams in the National Hockey League and basically just pick out two, three, you know, players from each team that I think the Devils would benefit from if they tried to trade for that. And, you know, and again, I will talk about, you know, what position they are. How, you know what they did in 2021 and then in their career, their current contract, and then finish it off with a mock trade. So we are now moving on to our next two teams, and that is the Calgary Flames and the Carolina Hurricanes. Both teams are at different points when it comes to where, you know, where they want to go. You look at Carolina, Carolina is trying to, you know, get to the Stanley Cup, and they just secured Rob Brindamore, their head coach, to an extension. This is a team that with you know, with the workman like that they have and everything like that, they are a team that's going to continue to compete. Now, there is the potential that they may lose a big piece of that in obviously Dougie Hamilton, but they do have some other guys that, you know, are going to be able to contribute. They're going to have to try to, you know, get a new contract for Andrei Shvechnikov. And obviously they got Tara Vina locked up for a little bit, but it's going to be interesting. And the way that Rob Brindamore coaches that team, they are going to be competing for several more years to come. And then when you look at the Calgary Flames, from some people that I've spoken to, and again, you know, in the Dome podcast, great podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network about the Calgary Flames, go like and subscribe to them if you are a Flames fan, if you just want to get their take. I'm sure they're going to have some things to say about some of the players that I'm going to mention here today, or maybe even what I'm about to say about the Flames. But this is my opinion 
about the Calgary Flames. I think that they're really at a crossroads at this point. I think they have to make a decision this year. Do they continue on with the core that they have right now and try to see how far they can go? Or do they more or less blow it up and try to not as, I mean, I guess you could say rebuild, but also maybe just retooling. Um, an example of retooling is like what the New York Rangers did a couple of years ago. They didn't necessarily rebuild. They already had some good play, you know, players in place. They just needed to retool. They needed to go back to the basics and get a solid head coach and obviously, you know, draft well, get a good free agent, have enough cap space to get a good free agent like Artemi Panarin and go from there. And now they're, they're rocking and rolling. The Calgary Flames could certainly go down the retooling phase. They could go down the rebuilding phase. We don't know. But I think when you look at Calgary, and we're going to start with the Calgary Flames, I think it might be a little bit easier for Tom Fitzgerald to maybe work out a deal with one of their, you know, a play, you know, a couple of players, you know, talk about a couple and go from there, try to get a feel for it. And if the Flames are indeed looking to sell off a couple of their players, you know, obviously, I think that Tom Fitzgerald would be foolish not to at least see who's available and what maybe Calgary would be asking for these teams. Now, again, the Devils, to an extent, hold the cards here because since they have a lot of cap space, they could make it difficult for teams to refuse a deal, even if it's not necessarily great. So that's something to keep in mind. But at the same time, Calgary is not just going to give up any of its really good players for nothing. They're going to try to get value for them. But again, it also depends on what the Flames want to do. I personally think that they have to really make a firm decision at this point. And I think the firm decision has to be a retooling. Because if you look at the way the Flames have been the last couple of years with this core, they've had early exits in the playoffs or didn't make the playoffs at all. Like this past year, they did not make the playoffs. So they really, and look, they fired their head coach middle of the year, they brought in Sutter and, you know, things sort of improved a little bit, but again, they weren't able to get it going. And towards the end, the last six, seven games, they kind of fell off the table and finished out of the top four. And considering where Montreal is at this point in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you kind of wonder how much different the Stanley Cup playoffs would have been, especially in the Canadian division, had Calgary gotten in. So that's something to keep in mind. But let's, like I said, we're going to start with the Calgary Flames. And I have three players here. All of them you probably have heard many a times. But this is going off of the Flames are looking to sell some of the guys of their core. The first guy, and probably the guy that a lot of Devils fans would like when it comes to value, is left winger Matthew Kachuk. Six foot two, 202 pounds, 23 years of age. This past year in 2021, he played in 56 games, scored 16 goals, 27 assists for 43 points. In his career, at just 23 years of age, he's played in 349 games, scored 110 point, uh, goals, 168 assists for 278 points. Matthew Kachuk has done a very good job since he got into the NHL after he was drafted back in 2016. He, if you really want to look at it, you could say that other than Johnny Gaudreau, he is their star player. He is their franchise player. So if the, if the Flames are looking to try to retool and maybe get rid of some of the players that they have, I don't know why they would necessarily be keen on moving Matthew Kachuk, but he will be a restricted free agent at the end of this upcoming season. And maybe Matthew Kachuk doesn't want to be in Calgary anymore. Maybe the Flames don't necessarily want to give him the money. 
Who knows? I think once again, he proved that he is a very, very impact player. And knowing that the Devils do need help on the top six, and if they want to go down the trade market to try to improve in that, and if Matthew Kachuk is available, the Devils would be silly not to do it. Now, there's going to be a handful of other teams that will certainly call as well, and maybe, just maybe, there will be better offers out there. But this is something to keep in mind, and I have heard at times before that the Devils have somewhat kicked the tires on Calgary, not necessarily for Matthew Kachuk, but just kick the Calgary Flames tires to see what exactly they are at and what guys could be available if they're going to trade in that market. So we'll see. Uh, Speaking of Matthew Kachuk's contract, uh, he signed a three-year, $21 million contract with the Flames, uh, $7.5 million in signing bonus, all of it's guaranteed. He's earned an annual average salary of $7 million. This past year, he earned three and a half with a signing bonus of three and a half, which obviously accumulates to seven million, and he carried a cap hit of seven million dollars. And like I mentioned before, he will be a restricted free agent after 2021-22. Very similar to some other guys we've mentioned before here when it comes to the Devils, is that if the Devils were to acquire a player of Matthew Kachuk's caliber, and considering that he'll be a RFA at the end of next year, I would expect the Devils to want to do something like Basically, a sign-in trade. Basically, they would try to convince Kachuk to sign an extension, and then they would trade for him, and the Flames would get a little bit extra value for him because it's a sign-in trade. Sign-in trades always allow teams who are trading the player to get a little bit more value than obviously doing a regular trade. It's, It's something that a lot of teams try to do when they can. So that's something that, that you should understand. But when you look at what a potential Matthew Kachuk trade could be, this is what I have. It's not incredibly well thought out. Again, I've mentioned it before, not the world's greatest when it comes to trades. And everybody values players differently. I mean, especially as, us as fans, we always talk about, oh, we value this player, you know, so much that there's no way that they could ever be traded blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. But if we're being as serious as we can be, this is what I see. The Devils received Matthew Kachuk in exchange for a 2021 first-round pick, which, again, would be the New York Islanders one, and this would have to be either at the draft or right before it, a 2022 second-round pick, and Yanni Kokkinen. Now, I wouldn't necessarily be thrilled about getting rid of Yanni Kokkinen. I think he's one of my favorite players on the team. I thought he had a very good first year in the NHL. And again, we got him for Sammy Votnick which was a really good steal, if, in my opinion. And he really showcased himself well, especially being on the top six, you know, doing well with guys like Sharon Govich and Jack Hughes and, you know, building some good chemistry. But when you look at a player like Matthew Kachuk, you do have to try to make the value at least somewhat. Now, there's also the possibility that the Flames could ask for a guy like Jack Hughes and say, well, I mean, that's probably the closest that we have. Um, but throwing in some picks especially if the Flames are looking to try to focus more on draft development side, I think the Devils could do that. Is this a 100% fair deal? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I look at it and I say, he's an RFA. I mean, it might be difficult. And again, there might be more things that could be added to this if the Devils do a sign and trade. So that's something to keep in mind. But Matthew Kachuk is the first guy on my list when it comes to Calgary Flames. And number two on my list is somebody that I mentioned last year. I've mentioned, before, you know, earlier this year. And a guy like my boy, Jake Whaley, he just 
gets tired of me bringing up this guy's name is, of course, left winger Johnny Goudreau, Jersey guy. Yeah, look, I get why people would be tired of me saying this, but again, when you look at it where Calgary is, and considering that just a couple weeks ago, we heard from people within Calgary that Johnny Goudreau is probably going to be moved, that he doesn't seem like he's so keen on staying in Calgary, and he's going to be a UFA after next season, and Calgary may be looking at it and say, well, we may get better value for him in the offseason than during the year because who knows how he's going to be when the season actually starts and everything like that. Now, I've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again. Johnny Gaudreau did say that he would like to, at some point, play for the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, could things change? Of course. Do I think it makes necessarily a lot of sense for the Devils to trade for a guy like Johnny Gaudreau and not guarantee an extension long-term? No, of course not. It would make no sense whatsoever, considering you'd have to give up a decent haul to get him. Considering he's in the prime of his career, he's 27 years of age. So it's not like you're getting a player that is not you know, playing at a high level. He certainly is. This past year, 2021, he had 19 goals, 30 assists, 49 points. Even in his short year, very, very good. Probably in a regular 82-game season, would have gotten the 30 goals. This is a guy, by the way, mind you, that just two years ago got to 100 points. Like, he's still a very, very talented player. In Johnny Gaudreau's career, he's played 520 games, scored 170 goals, 324 assists for 494 points. So he is six points away from 500, which is an incredible feat. No matter what player you are, it's an incredible feat. His current contract is a six-year, $40.5 million deal with the Flames. Six and a half million dollars in a signing bonus. All of it's guaranteed. He earns an AAV of $6.75 million. And this past year, he earned a base salary of 3.25 while also adding in a three and a half million dollar signing bonus. And his cap hit is 6.75. So again, at least for this upcoming year, Johnny Gaudreau would only cost us $6.75 million on the cap, which is a pretty decent haul, but not incredibly outlandish like what we have with like P.K. Subban's $9 million contract. And again, like I mentioned, he will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this upcoming year. So the difference between basically Johnny Gaudreau and Matt Gachuk is that, you know, look, when it comes to Matt Gachuk, if they can't get a deal done, they could obviously do a sign and trade since he's an RFA and go from there. Um, the problem with Johnny Gaudreau is that he would just be a UFA. He would just be free to sign with anybody and the Devils can't really do anything about that. Um, Again, when you look at Johnny Gaudreau, you would have to guarantee an extension. I don't see why the Devils would trade for a guy like Johnny Gaudreau when they're in no position to trade for a rental. They're not in a position where they're a Stanley Cup contender and all they need is that one big piece, big, you know, one more big piece to get them over the hump. And then they could just afford to bring on Johnny Gaudreau and then go you know, win the Cup. No, this is a team that is still trying to just get back into the postseason moving forward. So if you felt comfortable going after Johnny Gaudreau, you better, you better feel confident you can get him to sign an extension because if the devil season doesn't go well and your sellers again at the deadline, what are you going to do then? You're going to, I mean, obviously you're going to probably trade Johnny Gaudreau and who knows what he, who knows what money he's trying to ask for. For all we know, also the devils could try to trade for him and he could just be like, I just want to play out the, the rest of the year. It would basically be a Taylor Hall situation again, where if the season goes, Haywire, 
we're in a very difficult position and you don't want to do that. So the way I did my mock trade, again, is based off of if the Devils were going to acquire Johnny Gaudreau while also already signing him to an extension. So the Devils would receive Johnny Gaudreau in exchange for, again, the 2021 first. Again, I, I feel like that should be a good starting point for a lot of the really valuable players, even though it's going to be a late first, basically very early second round pick, if we're being honest. A 2022 second round pick, a 2022 third round pick. And again, I'm going to throw in Yanni Kwokinen. Uh, a little bit more, a couple, you know, obviously one more pick, uh, basically, and Yanni Kwokinen. Uh, again, it could be a lot more depending on what happens if you're signing him to a sign in, to a sign in trade, basically. But who knows? Who actually knows? Uh, the best way, I think, to go off of, you know, what, you, what you'd have to give up for a sign-in trade is look at what the Islanders did the year before acquiring John Gabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senators. I think that's something, that's a good way to look at it. And maybe the Devils will look at it that way and say, what can we make a deal like that work? But again, I think it's kind of unlikely that Johnny Gaudreau would end up with the Devils. Although, I mean, look, if Fitzgerald wants to make a statement, this is the kind of statement you want to make. But it all depends on, does it fit the plan that Tom Fitzgerald want, has in place for this team. Who knows? I have no idea what exactly his plan is, what he expects, what he's going to do moving forward. But Johnny Gaudreau is number two on my list. Now, the third guy, to me, honestly, out of these three guys, would be the most likely player the Devils could get, considering the situation. And that is defenseman and captain of the Calgary Flames, Mark Giordano. Six foot one, 200 pounds, he's 37 years of age. In 2021, he played in 56 games, nine goals, 17 assists, 26 points. Not bad. Not bad considering his age. He has played in 949 games in his career, scoring 143 goals, 366 assists, and 509 points. He also won a Norris Trophy as the league's best defenseman. And his current contract is a six-year, $40.5 million contract. All of it's guaranteed an average annual salary of $6.75 million. He earned a base salary this past year of 6.75 while carrying a cap hit of 6.75. He will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 2022-23 season. So he would carry a cap hit of 6.75 for this season and the season after that. So again, you would be acquiring a guy that you would at least have for a full season and maybe another one, depending on it. Now, Here's the thing. The reason why I bring up Giordano is that we're already hearing rumors that the Flames will most likely leave Giordano open in the expansion draft. And that could open the door for the Devils to, to swoop in and try to acquire him. Now, do the Devils have to necessarily break the bank for Mark Giordano? I really don't, considering his age and also the $6.75 million cap hit for a guy who, you know, is still a very solid player. I don't think that he's going to be declining anytime soon. But I think for a lot of Devils fans, when you're acquiring a defenseman with that much of a cap hit, it makes you squirm a little bit considering what just happened with P.K. Subban. You don't want to go down the same road where once he gets to New Jersey, he's a shell of what he once was, and we have another cap hit disaster here. Even though, again, with, oh, with $9 million on P.K. for one more season, we still have the second most cap space in the NHL. And even adding, you know, Mark Giordano, we're still in pretty good position cap-wise. So that's something to keep in mind. But I personally think 
that this would be a really good pickup if we did, because I know the type of player that Giordano is. He's still very, very consistent. And I, and again, he's a captain. You bring him in, you're bringing in veteran leadership. You're bringing in experience. You're bringing a guy who can help the young guys along, particularly on the defense. And you're going to have a very reliable defensive defenseman who could also put up a decent amount of numbers. 56 games, he scored nine goals, 17 assists. He's pushing 15, maybe even really pushing 20 goals if he played an 82-game season and getting to 50, you know, 40, 50 points. I mean, it's a guy that just two years ago or two, three years ago was the best defenseman, at least from a voter's perspective, in the NHL. So, I mean, this is a guy that's still very, very good. And if Calgary really wants to move on from that $6.75 million cap hit, the Devils could get him. And also, I think, honestly, they could get at least a pick as well in this deal. So with that being said, with this mock trade, um, it may not sound that appetizing, but I think that it's it's good because of his age, his contract, and in Calgary's situation in general. The Devils could receive Mark Giordano and a 2022 third-round pick in exchange for both two for basically two 2022 fourth round picks both picks came from the Oilers and the Isles respectively in the Kyle Palmieri Travis Ajak trade this past year and the Dmitry Kulikov trade the Devils have three fourth round picks in 2022 I think that they could be okay with doing that now now obviously that's not tremendous value and Calgary could be valuing him a lot more, but considering the fact that they are most likely going to leave Giordano open in the expansion draft, I think tells you a lot. It's a very telling thing that I don't think Calgary feels so confident in keeping him, you know, even after, even for the next two years. So the Devils could take that as an opportunity to get him for a, a cheap deal, more or less. And again, decent amount of money, but still he could be a very valuable player from a veteran perspective and all the things I just mentioned before. So the three players, once again, that I mentioned that would be the, the potential, you know, best targets for the Devils to go after in a trade are Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau, and Mark Giordano. And that is for the Calgary Flames. Now, talking about the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm going to be very honest, and I mentioned this earlier in the episode, it, is, it was really tough to figure out who the Devils could actually trade for when you look at the amount of UFAs and RFAs that the Hurricanes have just for this offseason, they don't have a whole lot that the Devils could necessarily go after um, without probably having to give up a little bit extra if they want to do a signing trade on any of their RFAs. So, unfortunately, I didn't come up with three players. I came up with only one, and that is Jesper Faust, right winger, six foot one, 191 pounds, 29 years of age. In 2021, Foss played in 46 games, six goals, 13 assists for just 19 points. In his career, and he's had a very solid career, he's played in 468 games, 61 goals, 105 assists, 166 points. He is a former Ranger. That's why a lot of Devils fans probably know him relatively well. His current contract is a three-year, $6 million contract that he signed at the beginning of this last year, he was a free agent and the Hurricanes signed him. Uh, he's earning an annual average salary of $2 million and this past year he earned a base salary of $1, $1 million while carrying a cap hit of $2 million. So he's getting basically $2 million per year. Um, so that's not a lot at all. Now, de depending on who the Devils end up losing in the expansion draft, 
Jesper Foss could be somebody the Devils could acquire for not that much, and they could implement him as a third-line energy-slash-checking type player. He's a guy that could put up a decent amount of points. He's not going to blow you away, but he's a guy that you could put in into certain situations, and he can mix it up. And he's got some speed, which works, and he's 29 years of age. He's still got, he's still got some things going. He would already he would just walk into the room and already be one of the veterans of the team just primarily because of his age um and he has a lot of traction when it comes to experience he's played a lot of time in new york and obviously he's he just played his first full year in carolina and if look if the carolina hurricanes are looking to try to get some more money to try to secure their rfas particularly um Shvechnikov, i mean the devils could help them out by taking you know $2 million, in, in, you know, basically $4 million for the next two years combined away from Carolina by acquiring him. And when it comes to a trade, and just to mind you guys as well, if I didn't mention this, he will be a UFA at the end of the 2022-23 season. So if the Devils acquired him, he would be under contract for this upcoming season and the season after that, which could obviously be a more intriguing thing for the Devils, you know, long term. When it comes to a mock trade, I have the Devils receiving Jesper Foss in exchange for a 2022 third-round pick and Benny Bumgarner, who the Devils drafted late in the 2021 NHL draft. Bumgarner is not signed to his entry-level deal, so that would kind of be up to Carolina if they wanted to do that. I don't know. I threw in a prospect because, again, I feel like Tom Fitzgerald would want to be more comfortable that way, and maybe Carolina values one of the prospects more. I don't know what the value is. When it comes to a trade, and considering that they have, I think, two unrestricted free agents in the right wing position, even though it's pretty locked, I mean, the, the Devils could obviously, you know, value that and get him in and obviously have a veteran right winger on the third line, maybe even boost him up to the second line if you really have to, and go from there. So that's something to keep in mind. I think that's a decent um, pickup. It's not going to be something that's going to make everybody super excited, but it's going to be something that if you look at it deeply, is, is something that basically could help move us along a little bit more, just get us going a little bit more offensively, help us out a little bit more defensively, and just kind of go from there. So, again, Jesper Foss was really the only guy that I could see the Devils going after, considering the amount of unrestricted and restricted free agents that Carolina has. It would just be very, very difficult. So that's something to keep in mind. So those that basically is the only player I have from the Carolina Hurricanes when it comes to potential trade target so as always let me know what you guys think on twitter at devil state and on instagram at devil state of mind i would love to hear from you guys do you agree do you disagree are there any guys that i didn't mention that you would like that you wanted me to talk about you know let me know and also when it comes to the rest of the teams in the nhl let me know what you guys think because if we have a whole discussion here then maybe i'll mix up my list a little bit and we'll kind of go from there and have a and just basically have a uh, unanimous vote as to what players we think the Devils should go after. So again, on Twitter at Devil's State and also on Instagram at Devil's State of Mind. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, Here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts. So that could be Spotify. That could be iTunes. That could be Google Podcasts. You know, where, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week 
on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, pain, pain. The agony and the ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy, of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything you could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. Even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!